want to learn how to manage your own investments? Are you ready to stop paying investment management fees and start building wealth? The DIY Investing Podcast is dedicated to providing you with the knowledge, skills, and resources you need to be a better investor. Learn how to make investments through the use of fundamental analysis, mental models, and business management insights. Now, here's your host, value investing expert, Trey Henninger. Hello and welcome to the DIY Investing Podcast. My name is Trey Henniger and I'm your host. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get more great investing content. If you're listening on YouTube, hit that like button on this video and any other platform, your five-star rating and review are a great way to support the show. Thank you for your support. Today's podcast is one that I am excited to do because I think it's an area that I do not think in the same way as the average person, which is what I find to be some of my best episodes from my point of view, where I can talk about a differentiated point of view that I have, and hopefully it helps you. Um, hope you know if, and I'm welcome to receive feedback on it. And what I want to talk about is: Are you the next Warren Buffett? I like phrasing my episodes as questions because it allows me to expound on a topic and really dive into what these things mean. In the discourse of FinTwit on Twitter, where we're talking about financial advisors, um, investors, savers, anybody in the personal finance sphere, there's a common refrain that is seen I've seen many writers, presentations, discussions around this idea that you, you specifically, are not the next Warren Buffett. And it always comes with not just this statement. It's not just a statement that you are not the next Warren Buffett. It also is an instruction. It's a command. It is an advisement that therefore X, therefore don't concentrate, therefore don't buy individual stocks, therefore buy index funds, therefore you won't outperform because you are not the next Warren Buffett. And I found this phenomenon quite interesting. I don't know what started it. I don't know when it began, but it is pervasive. There is a strong tendency to eviscerate anyone who claims to be able to try and outperform the market, who seeks to outperform the market, who, who wants to do anything other than buy index funds among certain communities certain communities that certainly have a lot to add and certainly add a lot of value to the online investing space. But I have seen this among certain communities, especially around the indexing crowd, whether it be um, the FIRE movement, financial independence, um, where there's a strong bent towards um, index funds and things along those nature, whether it be among the Boggleheads crowd, that's strong proponents of Vanguard, um, whether it be among the Dave Ramsey crowd, um, Susie Orman, various various groups that all add a lot of value, um, all make this statement. And I find it very interesting, um, not because it's false or not because it's true, but because of the implications that it has 
both for an individual who's who's hearing it and for the broader market. And that's what I want to talk about today. I'm not going to argue that you are the next Warren Buffett. I'm not going to argue that you aren't. What I am going to do is talk about this idea. Where does this idea come from? What does this mean for you? Um, and how should you think about it? So, what is the impact of this? What is the impact of telling people, of telling everyone that they are not the next Warren Buffett and then instructing them to do something based upon that logic? I think this in some ways can be very helpful and in some ways can be harmful. And so I want to go into those ideas because what you're doing when you're telling someone this is you're trying to make an argument based upon authority that someone does not have the expertise to take a stance or something because they're not the best in the world at it. And I think that's flawed. And I think you're seeing this more and more um, throughout society that basically only certain experts are allowed to expound on a topic. Only experts who have achieved a certain level of success and specifically only the very top of a profession are given any credence at all for speaking on a topic. Now, as a podcaster of a relatively um, small investing podcast, obviously I disagree with this. If I thought that you had to be the best investor in the world in order to do a podcast, then there would be no investing podcasts because generally the best investors in the world don't have podcasts. They're already successful. They're spending their time simply investing and they're not doing any sort of marketing. And that's really what a podcast falls onto. It's a, it's a marketing platform. Um, builds your brand, builds educational resources, and managing your own podcast is not necessarily the optimal use of time beyond a certain level of performance. So then, by definition, you're going to have a lot of people doing podcasts who aren't the experts in the field or at least aren't the very best in the field. They aren't Warren Buffett. They aren't Charlie Munger. Should that matter? I don't think so, because I think everyone has value to add, and I think one of the things that you learn as you gain more experience is that you can learn just as well from people new to a profession as you can from the seasoned experts. And you learn different things from each group, um, there's certain things that you learn from experience and time, and there's certain things you learn from novelty and new ways of looking at things, a diversity of views, a diversity of impacts. So when we think about the impact of this, to me, it speaks of a broader embedding in the investing culture of a mainstream way of doing things. There's the thought that even Warren Buffett is recommending to his spouse that when he dies, 90% of his wealth will be managed in index funds like the S&P 500. Um, now, not 100%, but 90%. And so you think about that. So there's this general argument that there's like a moral high ground 
for the index fund investing crowd that because they have this high ground and because they have these arguments that there is an impenetrable um, impenetrable argument that cannot be overcome, that there's no reason to ever do something other than index, and that the ultimate wild card is that, well, certainly, okay, some people outperform, like Warren Buffett, but you are not Warren Buffett. So I think what this does, in some sense, is it means that there's marginal people who are choosing not to buy individual companies, who are choosing not to actively invest their money because they've been told that they're not the next Warren Buffett, because they're told that they cannot outperform, because they're told that there's no way to be the next Warren Buffett. I would think this is a very strong assertion that I have. Um, It would be hard to see how there's not at least some people who have chosen to buy index funds because they've been convinced by this argument or a similar version of it that basically um, you can't outperform, you can't beat the index. Um, Various iterations include a majority of mutual fund managers underperform the index, therefore you shouldn't invest um, actively. Anything along these lines, any of these ideas that while there's counter evidence like Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett's a prime example of counter evidence for someone beating an index, the response, the primary response is that, well, okay, yes, some people can beat it, but not you. So that's what we need to think about. This is the DIY Investing Podcast. This is a podcast talking about, really, how to actively manage your money. And so if you cannot actively manage your money in a way that provides any benefit beyond investing in an index fund, then what am I doing here? What am I What am I having this podcast for? Why am I spending time doing it myself? This is a critical question that I need to be able to answer as a podcast host, as an individual investor myself. Why invest in anything other than index funds if you are not the next Warren Buffett? So first question is that I have is, is it true? Are you not the next Warren Buffett? Well, I don't like to think of myself as the next Warren Buffett, personally, um, and I would assume most people don't either. However, there's always someone else who's better in the future. I don't know of any area in which the people from history have never been beaten at something. If we think about like the Olympics, for instance, in athletic events, it used to be um, in ancient days, the idea of running a marathon um, at the Battle of Marathon in Athens, where it originates from, was such an intense activity that was such an achievement to run a marathon that the first person who did so um telling the news of the victory at the Battle of Marathon to the Athenians died after having completed it. And so 
it was such an overexertion of physical stamina. And yet now, millions of people complete marathons every year. It is a common achievement. And not only is it being completed, faster and faster times are being knocked out every decade. So if you took the opposite stance and say, well, you could never run like the soldier who ran the marathon, then you stymie the chance at better performance in the future. And I think that's what we're doing with this question is we are cutting off at the knees people's opportunity to outperform because we are convincing them that it is impossible before they even try. Now, you could argue that that ends up helping many people, and I think it does. I think there's there's a lot of people who are better off indexing and not trying to compete. But I also think there are people that should compete that don't because they have accepted this line. And it's an easy thing to accept. If you have to be the best in the world to even try at something, then why even try? But no one was the best at the world when they began. Warren Buffett wasn't even the next Warren Buffett when he got started. He had to learn and make mistakes, and he's grown as an investor over time. So to even pose the question as it is proposed seems foolish. Because if you think about what differentiates Warren Buffett from the average investor, is it's not skill. It's not intelligence. Warren Buffett will tell you that himself. He's not the most intelligent. He's not the most skillful. He's not the best at analyzing a spreadsheet or in an analytical statement. What Warren Buffett has excelled at is he's lived longer and outlasted and survived longer than other investors. If you live to the age of 100, which he's not at yet, but you know he's getting close, compounding really works in your favor. So he's one of the richest people in the world now, but he almost he hasn't been his whole life. So what Warren Buffett has excelled at is survival. And survival is something that every investor should seek, whether you're indexing or not. And so if by survival is the goal, if outlasting competitors is the goal, then everyone could choose to strive to be the next Warren Buffett. If that's the requirement to be Warren Buffett, not skill, not intelligence, not perfect memory, but survival, investing in a way that's sustainable over the long term, that is achievable. It is achievable to target long-term sustainable performance. And that can be done. So when we think about this, is it true? Is it true that you are not the next Warren Buffett? Well, now I think it's a lot more complicated. Because now you don't have to be the best in the world. You just have to be good enough. One of the things that's interesting is a lot of the investors that have outperformed over a 10, 15, or 20-year time period is they don't outperform every year during that 10 years. In fact, many years during the 10 years, they underperform. Or if they do outperform, they're just middle quintile. 
They're not top quintile. They're not top decile. They're not in the top 5% of performance in an individual year. But you could be in the top 50% of performers or in the top 60% of performers. But if you do that for every year, that might be the top 1% of performance over a decade. And so that's really what you're seeing is you just have to be good enough. You have to avoid the major mistakes. And if you can do that, that can lead to massive outperformance over the long term. So when the focus shifts from being the smartest in the world to simply being sustainable, something using a strategy that can last over the long term and has proven history of lasting over the long term, something like value investing, something like buying quality companies at good prices, something like buying dividend aristocrats. This is something that anyone can achieve if they're disciplined. And discipline is not as rare as one person in 7 billion like a Warren Buffett. It's a lot more common than that. Now, you might say it's not. It's uncommon, and that's possible. But uncommon could be, you know, one in 10 people instead of one in 7 billion. Or one in 100 people instead of one in 7 billion. Well, that's a lot of people. That could be you. So I find this idea, this question, this assertion that you are not the next Warren Buffett to be harmful. Because we don't do this in other areas. This is not something we see everywhere. Or at least if we do, I think it has some some knock-on effects. Imagine for a second that we treated scientists like we treat new value investors. If we treated someone that when they wanted to become a scientist or an engineer, and we asked them, or we told them, you aren't the next Einstein. So you shouldn't become a physicist because you're never going to discover the same things that Einstein did. Well, that's not the goal. Einstein's already discovered what he's discovered. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. You can stand on the shoulders of Einstein and discover something new. And in fact, that's what you see today. If you think about how science works, it's a cumulative art. Everyone studying in science, trying to discover new things, is building on the shoulders of giants. They're standing on the shoulders of Einstein. And in a way, when you do that, you're inherently smarter. Because you already know what he knew at the end of his life, at the beginning of yours. You don't have to reinvent E equals MC squared. You don't have to reinvent the theory of gravity. You don't have to reinvent relativity. It's all been done. I realize for those listening, Einstein didn't do all those. Um, I'm just using examples here. The cumulative impact of science, such that we can have scientists that aren't necessarily as high of an IQ as Einstein, but can still achieve more because they already can build upon what's been achieved before them, is no different than how investing works. You don't have to be Warren Buffett 
inventing a big changeover for how you should imagine investing in large quality companies over a long-term time period, focusing on quality stuff. You can, you can stand on his shoulders. You can read everything he's written. You can learn from him. And now you're not the next Warren Buffett. You're the next you. And you have the advantage that you already know what Warren Buffett knew after learning for five decades. You can use that experience that was gained externally without having to experience it for yourself. You can build on the shoulders of the investing giants a strategy and a portfolio that's sustainable and proven with time, and you can achieve similar long-term, sustainable, survival performance. And ultimately, the reason that the index funds are so attractive is not because they're the highest returning strategies that are out there. It's that they inherently ensure survival. When you buy 500 companies, your survival is highly likely unless there's nuclear war on U.S. soil. And simply by surviving, the index funds can outperform many people. But if you focus your strategy on survival instead of a one-year outperformance, you too can heavily outperform other people. But that doesn't mean you're the next Warren Buffett. It doesn't mean you can't do just as well. Warren Buffett's made most of his money after he was 65 years old. And if you live to 100, you'll make most of your money after you're 65 years old because the beauty of compounding is that's what happens to everyone who can manage to survive a long time while compounding their wealth. That's the inspiration for Warren Buffett. You don't need to be a 100 billionaire to have the success of Warren Buffett. You just need to last long enough to let compounding work in your favor. So I think about how many future investors who could have similar level of performance as Buffett, you know, in a relative sense, or even not just Warren Buffett level, but just beating the index by a couple percent instead of 10%. That could be a huge improvement to your financial situation. But how many people have we discouraged and eliminated completely from that? From this lie that they have to be as smart as Warren Buffett when Warren Buffett says you don't have to be smart to do what he did. Warren Buffett says the best, the greatest example or the greatest advantage he ever had was being born in the United States. If that's Warren Buffett's greatest advantage, why can't it also be your greatest advantage? Now I realize some of my listeners are not in the United States. But even then, his point is that he's born in a system that allows for investing money over the long term and harnessing compounding effects. You can do the same thing. If you're listening to this show, you can harness compounding in your favor. If you understand what Buffett has learned, then you can have performance like Buffett. I'm not talking about the exact numbers. But the true genius is just letting compounding go and not getting in its way. 
and not being stupid. And that's an easy prescription to follow if you just do it. It requires discipline and not everyone's going to do it. But again, you don't have to be one in seven billion. Maybe you're one in ten or one in a hundred. I just think how terrible for the world it would be if we discouraged scientists and engineers because they weren't the next Einstein or they're not the next Bezos or they're not the next Zuckerberg or they're not the next Steve Jobs. How much worse off would the future of the world be if we discouraged those who want to contribute to the world in the way that they think they can simply because it's hard or it's not easy or you have to last a long time and have discipline. I don't want the future Zuckerbergs of the world just giving up, not going to college, not trying to invent their new product that they think can help people because they might not be as successful as Zuckerberg. You don't have to be as successful as Zuckerberg to found a company that makes the world better. You don't have to be a hundred billionaire to make the world better. And you don't have to be Warren Buffett to make your personal financial situation better or to change the outlook for the future of your family. You just have to be you and add a little discipline and stand on the shoulder of giants. And Warren Buffett is one of those giants. But what you have to remember is because you're standing on his shoulders, you already have a head start. You're that much further ahead than if you didn't have him to learn from. The investors of the future are better investors than the Warren Buffett of the past because we've had Warren Buffett to learn from. Just like the scientists of the future are better scientists than the Einstein of the past because they were able to learn from Einstein. The inventors of the future are better investors because they can invent better inventors because they can learn from Bezos. They can learn from Zuckerberg. You're not starting from nothing. And that's the difference. You get to learn from everyone who came before you and you don't have to to learn the same lessons the same way. Now, the environment's different. In fact, it's more challenging today because more people are like Warren Buffett today than were like Warren Buffett in the 60s. That's the challenge. But that's the lie that we've learned as well. It's not that no one is the next Warren Buffett. It's that we have so many of them out there that it's gotten harder to outperform because they're competing with each other. On the other hand, if we think about this purely selfishly, it helps active investors when competitors are discouraged from competing with them. For every potential active investor that chooses to simply index because they think active investing is too hard, it makes it easier for me to beat the index. And I think that's self-explanatory. 
every marginal investor that I convince or someone else is convinced is to index when they had the potential to outperform makes it easier for me to outperform. But I'm not trying to convince people to do something that's a bad fit for them. I'm not trying to convince people either way. I'm trying to arm you with the information and the education to make the decision for yourself. So in fact, you could argue that I'd be more profitable not making this episode. That I'd probably be better off in the long term if I convinced more people to simply buy index funds. Which should maybe make you think, what are the incentives for everyone that's encouraging that? Now, I don't think most of them are trying to do anything along those lines because most of them are just preaching what they do themselves. But there's incentives there as well. And I think you need to really understand. Are you the next Warren Buffett? Ultimately, it doesn't matter. Because what people say when they mean that, or what people mean when they say that, is they're saying that you're not the best investor in the world. And that might be true. It might be false. You might be the best investor in the world if you put your mind to it and invest for the next 60 years. It's possible. Could be you. Could be me. I strive to be a better investor each week than I was before. And I think with continuous improvement, I'll be miles ahead where I was beforehand. And I'll look back a decade from now and wonder how far I've come. So I think it's possible. But am I the next Warren Buffett? I don't want to be. Because I think if you're the next Warren Buffett, you're going to underperform. Because Warren Buffett, when he was my age, didn't know nearly as much as I do. Because he has had to learn it for 60 years. The advantages that we have today make it so much easier to invest than what Warren Buffett had to go through. You don't need to be as intelligent as him, and he admits that. So, be careful what you hear and accept from others without thinking yourself. I say this all the time, you need to do your own diligence with the stock. You need to do your own diligence as well when you're listening to this advice. Why are people telling you what they're doing? What does it really mean? Because if you just think about the question itself, it's kind of stupid. Well, obviously you're not the next Warren Buffett because your name's not Warren Buffett. You weren't born on the same day. You don't have the same incentives he does. You don't have the same money he does. You don't have the same parents he does. You weren't born in that same time period. You're born in a different time period. Everything about your life is different. But what they mean is, are you the best in the world? And I would say, you don't need to be. Because the average investor today is already better than the best in the world 50 years ago. And the way you make your money is going to be in the future, not the past. So let's look forward. Because what I hope is maybe 50 years from now, they'll be asking, are you the next Trey Henniger? Think about that from your own mind. You should be want to be the next you because the future is only more exciting than the past. 
Thank you for listening to today's podcast. I hope you found it interesting. Please feel to get free to reach out and give me feedback. This is going to be episode 122. And so it will be available at DIYinvesting.org. So it's episode 122. Thank you for listening. Until next time, stop paying fees, start building wealth. Thank you for listening to the DIY Investing Podcast. Please visit our website and subscribe to our email list at DIYinvesting.org for guides, videos, and resources to help make you a better investor. The DIY Investing Podcast is presented for general informational and entertainment purposes only. I have not considered your specific situation or risk profile, and I have not provided investment advice. The information presented on the DIY Investing Podcast should not be construed as investment advice. The views and opinions expressed on the DIY Investing Podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the show's host or sponsors. DIY Investing, its producers, sponsors, and host, Trey Henniger, shall not be liable for losses resulting from investment decisions based upon information or viewpoints presented on the DIY Investing Podcast.